This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. everyone. Welcome back to Worth Your Time. I'm your host, Erica, and I'm really glad that you are joining me today. My guest for today's episode is Nadine McGowan, someone I've come to really admire in the past several years. We met at a MOPS group, that's Moms of Preschoolers, for those of you who don't know, and then I sort of just watched from the sidelines as she created this incredible nonprofit that's been helping hundreds of women every year. Today, we talk about Nadine's passion for helping struggling women, those who are lost, lonely, depressed, anxious, a group of people God called her to specifically. As Nadine says in this interview, there was not a grand plan. She just continued to listen to God's voice and do the next right thing. Three years later, Purposeful Living is a thriving nonprofit offering free counseling, coaching classes, small groups, trainings, networking, and so much more to women in every stage of life. I've benefited from some of the events, and I'm always inspired by Nadine's vision. I just had to share her joy, her life, and her story with you on this episode. Enjoy this conversation with Nadine McGowan. Well, welcome to the podcast, Nadine. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, for everyone listening, we are talking today to Nadine McGowan. She is the founder of Purposeful Living, Inc., uh, an organization we're going to get into and talk about all the really cool stuff that they do. But to get us started, Nadine, can you just give us a little bit about who you are? What's your story? I like to ask rather than just, you know, who your family is. What's your story? What should we know about you? Yes. Okay. I have so much I can tell you, but I'll give you just the the short version. (laughs) Um, So uh, I was born and raised in Lebanon in the Middle East. And I moved to America when I was 10 years old, didn't know any English and moved around a lot. Actually went to 15 different schools before I got to high school and uh, moved to Michigan, sold Cutco, and then got promoted in Cutco to run the state of Indiana for Cutco. And that's what moved me to Indiana. And then got married to my husband, Jim. We have a little boy who's five, who started kindergarten yesterday. And yeah, that's me in a nutshell. How was the kindergarten send-off? Was it emotional? Oh, you know, you know, um... Um, I wouldn't say it was emotional, no, but I think the emotions came like a week to two weeks before the send-off for me. Like, I, I realized I was grieving my losses before, like I would cry out of nowhere and I was like, why am I crying right now? Um, but the actual send-off was, was actually pretty cool. That's good. And is he going, is it, is it like half day or do they now offer full day kindergarten? I don't even know. Full day. Like, I dropped him off at 7.02 a.m. and I pick him up at 3.42 p.m. Oh is that the norm for kindergarten now? I think so. But he's at Heritage. And so we take the bus, um, which is it's just a long drive. And so because he's on the bus this year, it's 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 an extra, like, 40 minutes both ways. So were you doing um, daycare before that? Uh, no, I never did. Day- we did preschool last year and we just got sitters like a couple days a week while I worked. So your life must feel really different right now. 
Totally. It's very freeing, actually. And I feel bad saying that because I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to like love this mommy thing. And I really thought I would. I thought I would be like want to be a stay at home mom and I was going to like love it. And then once I became a mom, I was like, I don't want to do this. I mean, I love my kid. Don't get me wrong. But it's just it's not my jam. I'm not the best stay at home mom. So so were you were you doing the stay at home mom thing before you started Purposeful Living? was yes ma'am. okay and so you were probably feeling like you needed something I, which I totally get you know I've been a uh not a stay-at-home mom until like two months ago so I'm kind of the opposite there um but I just think you know there some people are meant for it and some people are just have something that like they just need to work or they just need to have yeah. something else going on just for their personality style So, um, I would love to hear then about how you got started with purposeful living because it's been going on now for what, over three years, right? Yeah. Almost three years. I mean, actually we met for for our first board meeting uh, three years ago in July. So we're there, but our official launch is in January. Um, so yeah, so I was sort of a stay at home mom, but not quite by the, when purposeful living started. Um, and the reason I say that is because I knew I needed something. And so I started doing some business and life coaching. And when I was in Cutco, I had gotten certified to be a life coach. And when I left Cutco, I had a lot of different managers and, and reps reaching out to me looking for some coaching. And so I figured might as well charge. That'll give me an outlet. And what I learned through my coaching is that I I really felt led to serve women. And so I decided I'm really going to make my niche serving business women, really. So I started doing that. And then I went on a missions trip to South Africa uh, to serve the women in South Africa, the, the caregivers of the orphans. And we put on a conference called Women of Worth. It was through Horizon International. And as I sat there, it was an amazing experience, an amazing opportunity to be there serving. But what I realized there was that I had traveled halfway across the world to say, serve women who I felt actually were emotionally healthier than we were. Uh-huh. Um, and the reason I say that is because they felt like they, they, they were more vulnerable with each other. They were more in community with each other. Um, and I was like, I think we have a lot to learn from them. <laughs> Uh, and so I came back home and I just was stirred to do something for our community to really bring us in community and help us be more vulnerable and supportive of one another. And that's kind of how Bur- Purposeful Living was birthed. But how do you go from I have this idea to making it a reality? That's the big question. That is a big question. So I'll give you the steps. And really, my focus was what is the next right thing? Right. So mm-hmm. I didn't I don't think I, I set off going, OK, I'm going to create this nonprofit because when when it started, I don't even think I knew what it really looked like. I didn't know it would look what it looks like today in such a short period of time. Yeah. I just kept focusing on the next right thing. OK, what's the next right thing? And I really I'm a woman of faith. So I really felt like this was a God given uh vision and plan. And so I just kept getting on my knees and sometimes laying in bed, having arguments with God in my head. Um, cause I really felt like this was something I was, I, I needed to do. Like it was like this calling, like I couldn't turn it off. Um, and so it was like, okay, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what this looks like. What's the next right thing. And that was constantly my thing. And so it started off with, 
uh, me connecting with these uh, business consultants, and I just kind of really word vomited all over them about. <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate for me to say, but that's what I did about just like what is planted in my heart of like, I want to, I want to coach women for free. I don't want to charge them. I'm charging, you know, I was charging anywhere between a hundred to $200 a coaching session, just depending on the package they ordered. And I was like, the women I feel led to serve, I don't, I don't want, I want them to pay if they can. Um, and I want to do some workshops and I just want to pour into women and I want to connect them and I want to help them grow and I want to inspire them and I want them to inspire each other, blah, you know, et cetera. And so one of the ladies looked at me and says, uh, it sounds like you have a nonprofit. And I'm like, okay, great. What's a nonprofit? Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, we can help you. And so we set up a, a, a plan and they really kind of coached me through the first, I think it was like six months where I would have assignments and I would come home and pray on it and put together like a business plan and et cetera. And they helped me file my 501c3 and they said, put together a board. So that was the next right thing. So I prayed about that. And the way this board came together was amazing. Like we had young women, we had older women and, um, and then the board kept me doing the next right thing because we would meet once a month at that time. And so I felt like I needed to give them an update. And so it was kind of like accountability to me, which was pretty cool. And from that came our launch party. And then we had our launch party. And we our goal was to each invite, I think it was like three to five women. And we packed the space. We wanted to have 50 people there and we had standing room only. And then we shared the vision and the mission and people were so excited about it. And then we started doing workshops and coaching. And then this thing started growing really quickly. So then we did a breakfast and then more women were telling more women. And our, you know, our first year, our goal was to serve 50 women. And we ended up serving 307 wow. with no, no paid employees. <laughs> um, it was all volunteer. So and was then, the, uh, were the business people that were helping you get kicked off were those people helping you for free no I actually that was the generosity of our we paid per like that was I, I want to say the generosity of my husband right because <laughs> like, wait a minute you want to do what you know yeah. there's many nights where he's like I just don't understand Nadine how this is gonna be something that you get fundraisers and it's like sustainable but but he was so supportive he's like if you have this just you know this is my cap kind of a thing like right I'm willing to invest into this little dream you got going on. Um, and it just, that's, that's what it took. And then I got myself training on how to fundraise. So I went to a conference mm. for fundraising and that helped me learn. And that got us to the next level, which got us to our first big event. And then at that event, we did an ask and that got us through the first year. And it's literally been like baby steps. Yeah. And so tell me, what is the mission of Purposeful Living? Excellent. Okay. Our mission is to serve the modern woman. We define that as the woman who looks like she has it all together, but behind closed doors, she's hurting, searching, or lonely. And really our mission is we, we kind of have five focuses. Um, our, we want to heal, grow, inspire, empower, and connect women to be all that God created us to be. And we really have a couple of different resources that we have available. We do coaching. We do um, events. We have smaller events like workshops. And we have larger events. Our largest event we had about uh, 400 ladies at. And then we have um, a care team. This is kind of like 
oh, this is such a beautiful thing. It's basically like being the hands and feet of Jesus, but we basically just serve each other. We'll, we'll make meals for one another, or we'll like help a woman pack if she's moving, or we'll babysit her kids so she can take care of what she needs to. Um, so, and we, we've helped women find jobs. And so we have our care team. Um, and then we have growth groups, which is basically a safe space for women to come together and, and really grow. We have content for our growth groups that one of our, our growth group coordinator, Christina Drake, put together, uh, which has been fantastic. That's all on the fruit of the spirit. And then we have uh, outreach. And so we want to also give back to the community and we're serving those less fortunate. So those are kind of our five uh, things that we do and how we do it. And it's been so, so fruitful. Okay. And what I would love to know from you about purposeful living and about why you're doing it is kind of your faith story. Like what is, what's your testimony to why faith is important to your life and why you want to use it really for your life's purpose? Yes. Okay. So I was born and raised Catholic and there was a lot of do's and don'ts and rules. And I I went to church because I was supposed to, and I didn't really have a relationship with God or Jesus or any of that. And then as soon as I got old enough to kind of make my own decisions, I got as far away from the church as I possibly could. And for me, the reason was I just felt really judged um, there. Um, I don't know why. I don't know you know, what led to that, but I just felt like I, I want to have nothing to do with this. And I really kind of got into... Um, I got into spirituality, but it was very much like the law of attraction, like what you focus on, you attract. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of those things, which, um, served me for a season. But what I realized is uh, there was still something missing. And I realized I was kind of trying to fill this, like this, like gap, this hole in my heart with, with something, right? So I was like looking to work and then work didn't fill it. And so then I was looking to alcohol and alcohol didn't fill it. And then I was looking to guys and guys didn't fill it. And so I started really looking into, into this spirituality and there was still that, that gap there. And then when, um, we moved to Indiana, we didn't know anybody here. And so I really wanted to get some friends. And I was like, okay, I want friends that are not work friends. So we decided let's go to church. And so we looked up some churches and I got, you know, somebody mentioned Northview. So we went and checked it out and, you know, I went there and I was like, yeah, the music's cool. The message is inspiring. It's a good way to meet people. We'll just kind of keep coming back. But I mean, we'd show up to church hungover. We, I mean, it was, you know, but we really enjoyed it. But slowly over time, I think my heart started changing and I, I decided that I really wanted to give this Jesus thing a chance is, is the way I would have probably phrased it. Right. It's like, okay, you know, I tried everything else. Let's see what's possible. So I decided to surrender my life to Christ. And if I was going to do that, I was going to read my Bible and I was going to figure out what that meant exactly. And as I did that, I had, it, it felt like those things that I was trying to fill were filled. Like I wasn't certain. I didn't need to numb. I didn't need to work. I didn't need to prove my worth at work like I used to. And I didn't. So I I found this freedom that I didn't have before. And that doesn't mean life was easy, but I had this peace that I could only point to coming from God. And so I was like, I I want other people to experience this. I want to share the message of like, Jesus can heal us and he can help us grow. And when we grow in him, we find our inspiration and then we're empowered to walk in it. And we do this through connection. And so 
that became kind of the life mission of like, I just really want to, uh, I want everything that I do. I want my life to point to Jesus because I really believe in Jesus. And I really believe in how he's changed me. And I've seen how he's changed me. And I believe he can do that for anybody. And so that's, that's kind of how it all came together. Not sure if I answered your question exactly. No, you did. You did. I mean, do people, and so when people come to Purposeful Living, do they always know it's a faith-based organization? You know what? We address that right away. So any event that we have, we always say, so the ink is in Christ. And mm. it is all over, you know, if you look on our website or whatever, we, we, we say we are a faith-based organization, but we do not push on our, our beliefs on anybody. We accept you as you are. We love you as you are. You can believe whatever you believe. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to shame you. We're not going to try to change you. Like you be you. You do you. You own you. But I believe that if you're here, it's because you are being pursued. And God's in, you know, he's, he's a gentleman. And <laughs> if, you know... I just, I encourage you to be open, but that's between you and God. And we just want to love you and support you right where you're at. And you guys have, I think, a pretty cool variety of things that you offer. Not just you have them for like both stay at home moms, for working moms, for women that are not just moms, but all over the spectrum. How did you decide on what you were going to focus on for those areas? Yeah. And have you been... Or were you surprised at all by what God was leading you to as you were creating those? Girl, I've been surprised by this whole thing. Like, <laughs> like if somebody would have told me this is where we'd be three years from now, I'd be like, there's no way. It is impossible. Like, it's way bigger than it's you ever expected. It's so much bigger. There are so many more lives being, I mean, it is like, it's beyond myself. I've actually tried stopping a few times because it was like a lot. Um, and it just won't, I mean, it's literally its own life <laughs> and I've never experienced that because I've been in business for a long time. When you don't drive a business, it doesn't, nothing happens. Right. Um, but it's been just such a God thing. So I don't know if we really, if we knew who you we were going to serve, we just kind of went out and said, okay, what's the next right thing? And the programs kind of form themselves based on who God sent to our ministry, who wanted to serve and what their calling is. And so what I've been really sensitive to is, get it anybody who wants to get plugged in and wants to serve and wants to give back I try to narrow down what is their gifts what are they called to do so then we have them serving in a meaningful way and based on that it has come out has, has what's been birthed based on that is some of our programs like for example one of the ladies has a special needs child so she's really passionate about special needs children and special needs mamas and really pouring into them and bringing them together so that was kind of formed and that's her baby right and so another woman is really passionate about women who've been abused and so that's what she's passionate about that's what she how she wants to serve so we've created a growth group based on that etc you know, one of the things I, and, and I know you touched on this when you were describing it, but one of the things that I really love about you guys is just that there are so many programs and um, just conversations out there about the poor and the marginalized, which are, which is, which are important conversations. But I think so many times that the spiritually poor are neglected in those conversations. And so it's like, I live in Fishers. A lot of people that are involved with purposeful living live in Hamilton County, which is a wealthy County. And so talk about those like kind of spiritual, that spiritual poverty that you're seeing that led you to um, want to help those women. Yeah. So it's funny that you bring this up because when I first 
uh, came back from Africa and felt really led to serve Hamilton County women. Um, I really did not want to. Like those were the arguments I had with God, and and the reason is because I really wanted to serve the orphans. Like I really wanted to serve Syrian orphans. I really want yeah. or Syrian refugees or African orphans. You know, like I I wanted to serve those who didn't have you know couple hundred friends on social media and purses and shoes and like anything they wanted, but it just, it wouldn't go away. And what I came to the conclusion of is by serving this demographic, because they have resources, because they're educated, when they can get on purpose, then they can impact the world so much more because then they can go out and do what they're called to do. Maybe they're called to serve Syrian refugees or orphans, mm. or et cetera. And so the focus was let's serve those next door. Let's serve our neighbors. Like let's serve each other. And it's not even like us serving them because honestly they served me this year. I've been more, I've been served more from purposeful living than I have served them. Um, and because I, I went through a really difficult season. And so it's just about women supporting each other and helping ourselves get off self. Like sometimes we get so consumed with our issues and our problems and our crap that we don't even see what else is out there. And it's kind of like lifting a woman's head up that says, hey, look up, look where you can serve, look how you can, you, how you can add value to the world. Start stepping into that. The rest of the stuff will fall into place. And, and that's been the case. And it's been really beautiful to watch. Yeah, I love what you said there about, you know, people w people who have things, who have means, once they find their purpose, how powerful that can be. I was just reading today in this book, and I had never thought about this, but um, it was a book I'm reading about inner city churches, and the guy was talking about how Paul in the Bible was had was a man of privilege because he had education and he had connections and um and and because of that he was able to do so much for the ministry of Jesus and you know we hear so much these days about it's almost like privilege is used as like a bad thing like oh you're privileged like that's a bad thing mm -hmm. well it's not a bad thing it's just you know we need to recognize our privilege of course mm -hmm. but I, I think you hit the nail on the head there that like if we're not serving the people that have the the privilege and the means then like there's so much that could be missing um to help the underprivileged or to yes. to minister to those places that need it because you, in order to do that you have to have money you have yep. to and have influence whether or not we like that it's yep. something that's necessary so that makes so much sense and i think it's such a good point now you said you went to learn about fundraising and to me like i hear the word fundraising and i just want to like run away to a corner because that's hard i mean yes. to ask people for money it's hard but i've been to at least two purposeful living fundraisers or events where you were raising money and i think you do such a phenomenal job of getting up there on the stage and you have a lot of charisma and you're a great speaker and you I mean, you convince me, <laughs> you know, so uh, what did you learn? How do you do it? And, uh, is, is being a speaker, a, a natural gift for you? Well, first of all, thank you. That, <laughs> oh, this is so nice. It's true. You do <laughs> such what, a great what, job. Compliments. Okay. And we need to talk every day. Let's do this. <laughs> um, so no, being, I'll start with, with, with the first question, which was how was fundraising? Is that come now, you know, what 
what is that like? Uh, that was one of the times I almost quit was when I <laughs> needed to fundraise. And I was like, oh, running a nonprofit means I need to fundraise. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Um, and so I really was like, I don't know anything about it. And that's when I went to the SRS boot camp. Um, and they taught me basically how to do like a pitch with people, friends and family and just ask one on one. And I really had no idea how to do it from a podium, but we got coaching. One of the girls on our board was Allison um, Martin, and she had worked at a nonprofit, started a nonprofit. So she gave me a lot of coaching on our first fundraiser, our breakfast. And I honestly just kind of did what she told me to do. And I had no idea what was going to happen. In fact, at that first one, I was so scared that I had her do the actual ask And I was like, okay, now I see what it looks like. I can do it for the next one. And I did it for the next one and it worked. Um, And so, and I think it's, okay, so back to the speaking thing. Mm -hmm. I was the worst speaker ever. In fact, (laughs) when I was in Cutco, this is so embarrassing to say, uh, they had me give a message at a conference when I was 19 years old. I had just started and, um, I was a disaster. I mean, I was like, people were commenting about how bad it was. Um, like I was embarrassed afterwards. Oh man. It was terrible. Like I bombed. And, um, but I, I was like, okay, I want to get better at this. And so with practice, I just kind of got better. And so I think it just came with practice because I had to run interviews and trainings with Cutco. And so I don't even think about it as public speaking. I really think about it like talking to a friend, like it'd be like me and you talking. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's been through practice, not because it came as a natural gift. And do you guys, I mean, are you surviving off of mostly large donors or is it a, is it a mix of of smaller and larger? It's so it's all personal donations. So we haven't gotten any, like, um, I shouldn't say that we have sponsors and personal donors. Those are kind of our two survival that that's how we're funded. Uh, but we have some that are smaller, you know, some, some ladies give five bucks and we're so grateful for that because anything they give is helpful. And, you know, some, we have families, uh, we have one family in particular that is donating a grand a month. Um, we have corporate donors and we're looking to get just a couple of really good corporate partnerships is kind of the next level to bring on like a, a coach leader and a few other staff to help us sustain this growth. And in the moments where you, you know, you said, oh, the fundraising, that would have might have been a moment that I quit. Um, and when you have those days and moments, like what keeps you going? Um, that's a great question. Usually I feel it all out and I'm like, I want to feel overwhelmed. So I like go vent it to somebody and let it all out until like all the emotions are out. So I don't, I don't like try to like in the past and Cutco, like when I was feeling demotivated or something, I would like put on this like fake positive attitude. Cause that's what you're supposed to do. I don't really do that. I just literally like let out all my emotions to a safe person. And then, um, and then I pray and say, okay, God, like, what do you want me to do with this? Like, please show me. Cause I have no clue how to do this. Like, I need you. This is your thing. What am I supposed to do next? And then I just kind of wait until the next thing is, is obvious. And when I'm supposed to do nothing, I hear nothing. And when I'm supposed to do the next thing, like he shows me crystal clear, like somebody will call me or somebody will show up. Like I really haven't had to do anything. Anytime I do stuff my way, I usually mess it up and I have to backtrack. 
it's like when I'm waiting on him to show me what's next has been kind of the answer to that. What, what does waiting look like? Is it, is it making sure that you're reading the Bible every day, praying a lot? What does it look like? Um, you know, I, I like to read my Bible every day, but I didn't read it yet today. I didn't read it yesterday. Um, so I think waiting is, I, I do read it most of the time though. And there are seasons I'm in Bible study fellowship during the school year that helps me to stay on task and be in scripture. Um, waiting looks different in different seasons. When I hear nothing, uh, like for example, we really wanted to start a, a ministry in Brookside uh, to serve the underprivileged moms. And I was so passionate about it. And I'm like, okay, I want to start moving forward in this, but nothing was really happening. And I would pray and go, God, is this still something you want me to do? And I kept feeling like, yes, wait. So I'm like, okay, I literally just did nothing. And then out of nowhere, I had a call with one of our girls and she's sharing with me how passionate she is about serving underprivileged moms. And I was like, whoa, okay, can you pray about this? Because I feel like this has been on my heart that we need to do this. She prays about it. She comes back and she says, yes. Now she's taking that program on. Did that answer the question? Yeah, no, it, it totally does. I just am always interested in how people hear from God because, you know, you hear people say like, God told me or I heard from God or he moved my heart. And so many times people that are listening, I think sometimes wonder, what does that actually mean? Because okay. God isn't like calling you on the phone. So but, I think it's interesting to hear how other people hear God. I will tell you some of the ways I hear God. I can be very clear on this. Um, one is I do two-way journaling. Have you heard of that? No. Oh my gosh. It is basically, it's what the Bible is, right? It's, um, so what I do is I'll read my scripture and then I'll just start writing a letter to God. Like I'll say, I can even read some of them to you right now. I probably shouldn't. Um, (laughs) I never know what I'm going to (laughs) get. They're pretty, they're pretty, um, vulnerable. So maybe I'll find one that's not so vulnerable. And I'll just write like, I love you so much. I I just want to be with you. Show me the next step. Uh, or I'm really struggling with this or like, I'm literally just writing a letter to God and then I'll just pause and I'll pray and I'll just write with childlike faith as if he's writing back to me. Um, Mm. judge it. I don't any of that. And then when I first started doing this, I would always check it. Like if there was any big decisions that I felt like I heard, I would check it with somebody who's like a spiritual advisor, like somebody who I know is in scripture is, you know, walking with the Lord or somebody older than me just to make sure that I'm not making some of this up. Um, but then, but then he'll like confirm anything that I hear in my journaling. I usually get a confirmation through scripture, uh, or through a friend. Like I usually get at least two to three confirmations that it's from him. Oh, that's so cool. It's, so it's like you're very proactive about it. Oh, I um, love and it. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's really cool. And, and I guess now that you say it, sometimes I do a little bit of journaling uh, when I am kind of having quiet time or whatever. And I'll be writing something and it will feel like it's literally God like writing to me back through my pen. And I don't even know how it's, it's, it's really crazy. I don't even know yeah. how it's happening. Yeah. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, so much of what you do and what your ministry does is about women telling their stories, vulnerability. I mean, that is the, I guess, theme of the past couple of years for women and and men in this country with people like Brene Brown and just that whole thing. Um, How much or how do you think telling our stories and being vulnerable with one another in in these situations empowers us and how is God working through that? That's a great question. You do a great job, by the way. Uh, (laughs) You really do. This is fantastic. 
So I think that in our society, we've gotten really good at putting on these masks. And I think these masks are really limiting us from being who we're created to be, who we authentically are. And so when we are vulnerable, a couple of things happen. When we take off that mask and truly share who we are, what we're struggling with, number one, it gives us this freedom of like, this is no longer something I'm hiding. This is now out in the light. Um, but I think the other thing that happens is it allows us to deeply connect with others because now when others can see us for who we truly are, they're more drawn to reality versus this pretend, you know, act, this, this, this fakeness. So it allows us to have more meaningful connections and it gives us a freedom when we can speak our truth out and it's no longer in darkness. Mm hmm. And have you seen any, or do you, ha I, I'm putting you on the spot here. So if you don't have anything, okay. that's fine. But could you share a story of someone you've seen really helped by the vulnerability aspect of uh, purposeful living or, or just in general, that's been, has a great story um, through your organization. You don't have to use their name or anything, yeah. but yeah. yeah. I mean, I can share one. This is one of my favorites. So um, early on I connected with a woman and she admitted that she, um, gosh, there's a couple, and I'm, I'm like sensitive to making sure that um, she admitted that she was uh, struggling with suicide, suicidal thoughts. And so we kind of worked through that. We got her the support and the help that she needed. And uh, a few weeks later, maybe it was like a month and a half later, she admits, actually, let me come clean. I'm really struggling with addiction to prescription drugs and nobody knows this. So we talk through that. She decides she's going to get the help that she needs. She's going to come clean and talk to her husband. She gets into recovery. And, uh, I actually just got a text from her approximately a month and a half ago that said, I have been clean and sober for nine months. Um, I don't know where I would be without purposeful living. Uh, and that's because she felt safe enough to open up. She's been hiding this for so long. Nobody knew nobody in her life, but she felt safe enough to be able to be honest, knowing that out, we weren't going to judge her. We weren't going to do anything except support her. And it was her decision to get the help that she needed. And, uh, it was effective. And did she sign up for a class or a coaching or how did she end up being in the position where she told someone this? Um, yeah, it was through coaching and then she came to a couple of workshops, I think. Okay. I think she came right. to two workshops and it was through coaching that she really, um, you know, came clean. It was that one-on-one. -on -one. And how and and how are people finding out about it? I mean, you guys offer. I think you offer a lot of really great stuff. Do you feel like you're getting out there enough? Are you overloaded? Do you need more volunteers? We are overloaded. Uh, okay, <laughs> we are. Uh, they're promoting us on K Love right now, and I'm like, oh my. Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> you know, um, it's exciting. You know, because it's we've grown, but we have a lot of needs and we definitely are always open to more volunteers, but the way people are finding out about us is really word of mouth. The reason we're on K-Love isn't because we tried to be on K-Love. It's because, um, one of the girls that works at K-Love got invited to one of our events and then we connected with her and said, Hey, we'd love to support you. Can we help promote you? And so it's all been word of mouth. 
So all the events I've gone to, which I haven't been in a while and I want to get back into it, just this crazy season of life, but I, you have been at everything I've ever been at. Are you at every event? I'm at the big ones. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, because I can't imagine how you are keeping up with that with, uh, with a child and running the organization. We have this amazing team, a leadership volunteer team, and they each own their own section. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing. Like these women are just such servants. And what do you do to, I guess, stress relief, relax? How do you oh, I do keep that. yourself a little balanced if at all possible? Oh, I'm totally balanced because I can't teach it if, I, if I'm not living it. Yeah. Um. So I work out six days a week for an hour a day. Where uh, do you go? Six. I say five. Five to six. Do you go to the gym or? I do, or I do yoga or I do Pilates or I, but yes, I'm doing something active for an hour a day. Like that is protected. Mm-hmm. Um, usually my quiet time is protected also, but last two days have been a little crazy. Um, I do Bible study through BSF. That's really, really important to me. Um, I usually take uh, at least an hour a week to plan and think. Uh, that's also very important to me. Um, I go to a couple support groups per week and like some rec- a recovery group, another like small group of women where I could just be real and raw. And, um, I make a lot of outgoing calls. Like anytime I'm dealing with anything in my heart or in my mind, I, I don't let it stay in for long. Like I'll call somebody who's safe for me and I'll unleash it. So it doesn't keep me stuck. How do you, I guess here's a question, because I think sometimes people feel like, well, that'd be great, but I don't know who I would call, you know, in terms of like, I hear people saying, I want a mentor, but I don't know how to find one. How did you find like your people, your safe people? Um, it always starts with me by praying. So I'm like, God, I really want, like, I remember when I first moved here and I was like, God, I just want some friends. Like, I just really want friends, like not work people, but like friends, you know? And, and then like they would show up and I would. And then people showed up. I hate to say that, but then I would be intentional. Like uh, I remember I wanted a mentor. And so I was like, okay, God, I really, really want a mentor. And I prayed about it. And then I started paying attention and I was like, Mm -hmm. would this be a good mentor? Would that be a good mentor? No. Yeah, no. And then, and then I would ask. And some people have said no to me, like, no, it's just not the right season for me. And some people have said, yes, I'd love to. And we set up kind of like, let's meet once a month and have coffee. And those are so important to me because I need to be fed. There's no way I can pour into others if I'm not being poured into. Were you nervous when you asked someone to be your mentor? Oh, yeah. Because I want to do that, but I'm nervous. I've gotten seriously, like, shot down a few times. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I, like, walk away like a puppy with, you know, tail between its legs. And I'm like, it's okay, Nadine. It's okay. She's. It's not the right season. It's not the right person. God will send you the right person. <laughs> like, I had to coach myself on it. But, yeah, it's nerve-wracking a little. It's pretty vulnerable. Yeah, I think uh, one thing I'm struggling with right now is just learning how to bounce back from something like that, like a rejection of some kind, or even just something I've done that I'm not proud of, or was an accident that made me look bad. Like, it's hard sometimes to kind of bounce back from that stuff. Um, Do you do that well? Uh, Depends on who I am. I don't know if I do it well, but I am, I become intentional about doing it as quickly as possible. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I think there's a theme here. You're very intentional, and that yields good results in the end. I think that's a really great lesson. And it takes me a little while, but I'm just like, okay, just baby steps. Do the next right thing, Nadine. Like, that's the theme of my life is like, okay, what's the next right thing? Right. Do you listen to Emily Freeman? She has a no. podcast called The Next Right Thing. Oh, that sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah. it's uh, She actually came out with a book by the same title because her podcast got so popular. So her name's Emily P. Freeman. And um, that... And it's funny because I too had that kind of theme of the next right thing running through my head before I had ever heard of it. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know, this must be a trend, but I think it's a good one because trying to plan out the next five years does not work. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, God says like, he gives us the manna for that day. Give us this day, our daily bread. It's like, we're not really meant to, it's good to have right. and goals and, you know, but, but I think it's like, it's, it's a faith walk ultimately is what that is. Is. Yep. Yep. I always think of, and I know I've said this before on the podcast, but it always comes back into my head, which is the verse that thy word is a lamp into my feet. And someone has pointed out, you know, the lamp, it's not like a headlight. It's, it's a lamp into my feet. So one, one step, you can see the next step, but you can't really see a lot of steps after that. And that's part of, I think God's plan for us holding on to him and trusting him for the next day. And, um, so I think he planned it that way. Yeah. I, I, and my life is so much easier when I'm just focused on today. Cause sometimes I can like get myself worked up about the future so much and mm-hmm. it creates anxiety and stress, or I can like get so caught up in the past sometimes that it's like, all I got is today. Like, I just got to get through today. Like that's all I yeah. can do. So yeah. So what are your, I guess, goals for the next couple of years? Speaking of that, um, you don't want to get too, uh, you know, set in stone what you want to do, but for purposeful living, for you personally, what do you think the next few years is going to look like? Yes, that's a great question also. So um, we'll dream a little bit. Do, do you want to hear like big dreams or do you want to? Yeah, of course. Like, okay. yeah. I got all kinds of big dreams. Um, I'll, I'll start little. I shouldn't say little, but I'll start with like the stuff we're working on. We really are looking at finding a location that's more um, uh, easy to get to, larger, where women can stop in and hang out. Uh, We really want to launch our first chapter outside of Indianapolis, and Mm -hmm. we're hoping to do that by 2020, um, like by the end of the year. And we're looking at Phoenix, so we're kind of in the works for that. Oh, wow. That's, That's a long way away. Yeah. Like it's it's we're we're in the works so we'll we'll okay. kind of see how it goes but we we just want to do a couple of our momentum events there so it's mm-hmm. not you know and then um we want to standardize all of our programs right now that's that's kind of our big focus for for today now the big vision and the big dream okay let me dream with you for a little bit okay. is i i can see this community center, this faith-based, this Christian-based community center. It's not open only to Christians, but, and think of like, um, trendy workspace combined with YMCA. Mm -hmm. So I almost envision like this beautiful workspace where people can just come and work, but then I see a nail salon in there. I see a, a hair salon in there. I see, um, some workout rooms in there. I see a childcare center in there. So moms can come work, go nurse their baby, come back, get some meetings done. Oh, I have a cancellation. Let me go hang out with my kid. Um, and it's kind of like this, it's an all in one spot. 
for purposeful living. Okay, I would be using it right now for sure. Right? It fires me up, but we're just not quite there yet because that would be like getting, that's a lot of money. Right. Uh, But I just think it would be such, I think that's where our world is headed. And I could just see this community center where that, where Christian music is playing. There's a juice bar and there's, I don't know. Yeah, you get it. A Chick-fil-A. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a chick That sounds great. I'll take a Chick-fil-A and in there. And there's a little play area for the kids. And yes. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I love that. And um, I will certainly be looking for that. all of that stuff to happen. <laughs> um, and if someone wants to get involved here, I know you said, you know, K-Love is promoting. My, don't worry, my podcast is not nearly as large as K-Love. <laughs> but what what's the first step if someone's listening and they're thinking, I'd really like to learn more about what they offer, what might be good for me, or if they're looking to volunteer, maybe they think there's some, something for them to help with. Yeah. Um, when will this air, would you say? Probably a couple weeks. Okay. So I, I think one thing is we have our one of our bigger events of the year, and that's our conference on September 21st. It's a Saturday. Okay. It's from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Um, there is a ticket fee for that because they get lunch and T-shirt and a bunch of stuff. But, um, but we do also have scholarships, and we have also student rates because we're really encouraging young ladies 12 plus to be there. And we'll do a breakout for them. So I would say the best way to figure out purposeful living and to get plugged in is to come to an event. So that's a really, really good one. But I would say the other thing is just hop on the website, which is purposefullivinginc.org. And it has all the upcoming events. There's smaller ones, bigger ones. Um, If you are interested in coaching, you could just fill out a little form. We can get you plugged in that way. If you want to volunteer, you can fill that out. Uh, But the website is probably the easy step. But if you want to actually experience an event, this conference – I mean, it was life-changing last year, so I would encourage checking that out. Yeah, I went la- – I think I went both last year and the year before, and they – you guys have great speakers. You have just really inspiring messages. You have awesome sponsors, and then, of course, you have all these women there that you can connect with, and, you know, I just so many, like, as as you hear people say, divine appointments are made at these kinds of events where God's working through relationships, and, in fact, I met the people who helped me – uh, renovate my kitchen there last year, her home design. That's awesome. And <laughs> they're doing a workshop for us coming up. I saw that yeah. today. I saw that. I was like, that, they're awesome. I really like those ladies. Cool. Um, okay. I have a couple of just a couple end of the podcast questions that I like to ask. Yep. Have you read any books or listened to any podcasts lately that you would recommend? Um, okay. So I am studying joy right now. So my, most of my time has been in scripture on joy um, lately, but I would say if in the big picture, Captivating by Stacey Eldridge is one of my favorites for women that I would recommend. Okay. Um, and podcast, I do listen to one. I'm trying to think of the name of it right now because you know, my brain, um, here it is. Um, actually there's two good ones. One is courageous parenting, which is like biblical parenting by two. Um, actually, uh, I used to work with the husband at Cutco and the woman used to be my mentor and they're fantastic. And then primal potential, which is like stuff is also pretty good. Um, and you have a podcast, right? We do. Yep. Linking. Tell me about it. Yep. It's just basically just me and Rachel chitter chattering. It's really fun. So what do you guys talk about? (laughs) We talk about all kinds of stuff. Like we recorded today and the, the topic was, um, 
women supporting women versus competing with women and what that looks like to support another woman and what that will do for our culture. Um, we talk about unity. We talk about forgiveness. We talk about time management. We talk about self care. We talk about like those types of things. Okay, cool. Well, I will have to check that out and link it up, of course. All right, next question. What, if you could have dinner or drinks or coffee or whatever with any celebrity, who would it be and why? Living or dead or alive? Sure, living or dead, whatever. This is Jim Morrison. Oh, tell me why. I, we, I've i always loved The Doors. I don't know what it is. Me and my <laughs> girlfriend, like in middle school, like love Jim Morrison. I think it'd be pretty cool. And last question, one piece of advice that you'd want to pass down to your son, what would it be? Stay true to God mm. and stay true to yourself. Everything else will mm. come into place. I'm going to try that. Oh, and I just have an, I have a little guest that just has joined me again. Jacob, say hi. Hi. <laughs> All right, Nadine. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today and um, just telling us about Purposeful Living. I think it's such a great organization. I love what you're doing. And uh, now I am definitely inspired to sign up for an upcoming event because now I've talked to you and I'm like all excited about it again. So awesome. Well, I hope to see you there. Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nadine. I hope if you're in the Indianapolis area that you will check out Purposeful Living. It is such a great organization. They've got great sponsors, partners, people involved, and they're always looking for volunteers or people to fill in the gaps. It is fully, basically fully volunteer-led, uh, and so if you feel led, give them a shout-out. If you've been listening to the podcast, thank you so much. Please consider sharing an episode on social media or just telling a friend. It's really word of mouth that makes all the difference with podcasts. So I appreciate um, any sharing that you can do. If someone is asking, hey, what podcast should I listen to on Facebook? I see that a lot. Maybe just uh, toss worth your time in there. I don't know, just an idea. Um, But really, I'm just so glad um, that you're here. I'm so glad that you continue to join me each week. It's my pleasure to connect with you, to bring these conversations to you, and um, really just hopefully bring a little bit extra light to your day, your week, uh, your Tuesday. So on that note, I will see you next Tuesday. Have a great day. This episode was brought to you in part by Just These Guys, you know? A pastor and a psychologist team up to break down scripture and psychology, empowering you to transform by the renewing of your mind. Listen today at justtheseguys.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just these guys, you know?